Blog Talk Radio. What's up, guys? You're listening to Wide Open Radio, the nation's number one motorcycle talk radio show, with your hosts, Courtney Lambert and Dave Withrow. Hear real talk discussions about the latest custom motorcycle news and events. Now grab a drink and have a seat, because we're about to get started. What's up, guys? You're listening to Wide Open Radio. I'm your host, Courtney Lambert. My co-host, Dave Withrow, is with us tonight. How are you? You know what's funny is I've joked before about that awkward time we talk sometimes while we're waiting for this thing to start live. Uh-huh. Can I get this just pathetic? Hey. It just sounded Can like you not hear the more. lady that talks before we get started? Yeah, but all I heard was, Hey. <laughs> She started talking as soon as I said, hey, so I wasn't going to try to compete. <laughs> here's like, here's the deal. If you called more than six seconds before the show starts, then we'd have all the time in the world to talk. That's you know, why you, you don't call until six seconds before the show starts, isn't it? No, no. When you called <laughs> and said, or you sent a text and said, hey, we, we're on in 30 minutes, I thought we were on in two hours and 30 minutes, so I played it off, but I literally – finished my last story, and I'm sitting at my desk. I didn't run home, so I'm at the office. You know, uh, it's – why did you think that? Because Jay-Z Horton thought the same thing. Jay-Z sent me a message earlier and was like, 9 o'clock tonight, right? And I'm like, no, why? Where did you see that? See, I didn't know what when last week was starting until uh, I talked to our guest. And he goes, yeah, I'll talk to you in a half hour. So I'm like, of course you will. So, Dave, you asked, I, I, you said, when I'm in town, 7 o'clock is better for me. So I assumed that you meant 7 o'clock Eastern, and then you freaked me out when you said, oh, I didn't know we were going on at this time tonight. I I thought I meant 7 o'clock Mountain Time. Oh, okay. But, you know, either way, I think what's better for the listeners Uh but my other bone to pick with you is that, uh, you know, you do not Thank take God. a compliment Thank God you've got well. another one. Thank God. You do not take a compliment well. No? You remember, what was it, six, it was during the summer when I complimented you on your one profile picture that you had up there. Remember, we joked about that, but you never yeah, yeah. took it well. And then I we're going back and forth on Facebook today, and I said, are you going for the the sexier, the hot librarian look. And, you know, you should, all you had to say was, why, thank you, or you think so. And, you know, that was a compliment. Listen, don't play the victim here. Anybody listening knows your personality, okay? So if I take it as a compliment, you're going to come right back with a joke, and I'm going to be like, oh, I feel really stupid for thinking you were being serious. So, But all I said was, no, I'm not going for a certain look. I wear these glasses. I've been wearing these glasses every day for two years. <laughs> well, so it was this is just my. I don't want to run into uh, a mailbox, or I don't want to mistake a mailbox for moving animal glasses. That's it. Okay. Well, I meant it as a compliment. That's all. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. But Very uh, nice. I, I, let's go to our what wasn't really a contest between us, which has become a contest, the red versus purple motorcycle. Uh, yeah. I think it's 50. You have one person that likes your bike. 
it's not one, just your mom. One, I bike. can tell you who it is. That's how easy it is. No, no. Your your mom loves the bike. Flash oh, loves the bike. Uh, I think even Samara liked the bike. It bef- and that was before she knew that I had designed it. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I think it's 50-50. Well, just because I knew you were going to try to pull something like that on me, I've already did a revamp on my bike, and it looks even better than it did before. So I'm what ready do you mean to. You did a revamp. I did. You went that... back to the Speed by Design site and revamped it. Yes, that DTR builder is awesome. I went to play around with it some more, and I realized that whenever I built my purple bike, I didn't. I I didn't realize that I could make the the outer ring of the wheel, the the rim. I I didn't realize I could make that black. So I went back and made that black. I didn't realize that somehow I only chose to make half of the spokes on the wheel. But I didn't know it was that detailed. It's so you can change so many things with that builder. So I went in and played around with it a little more. I changed the bars. Um, it looks really good now, so I don't even know if you want to if you want to endorse this as a competition because I'm already ready with my second round. Well, because you're cheating. So when when were you going to give me the <laughs> opportunity? Cheating. I'm prepared to, to revamp mine. You you have just as many opportunities as I or anyone else has. You can know. go on there right now and do it if you want. Well, I, I will say it's weird doing our show at the office instead of, like, when I'm home normally I do it in the man cave. Mm-hmm. So I'm, and I watch, I silently watch on Thursdays football while we're doing this. Uh, which, let me now interrupt you there. Somebody made the comment, actually two people made a comment last week, that you were definitely doing something else while we were on air because I would say something to you and you gave me the typical Corey Susan, yeah, uh-huh, yep, yeah, yeah. No, you know what it was? Is the heat in my man cave was not working. It was 50 degrees in there. So you were and stuttering because you were cold? <laughs> it was cold. So <laughs> it, uh, And by the way, it's 17 degrees and dropping right now with snow falling. Oh, I would hate your life right now. I'm running in a race in the morning, the turkey trot, and I just looked the weather up, and it's supposed to be 69 degrees at check-in time, which is 7 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so by race time at 8 o'clock, it's probably going to be like 72 to 70, 76. Well, for that, you guys are wearing down jackets, right? Heck, yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll have a beanie on. And Now, is this a uh, like a 10K race, or are you on your ruckus? Oh, no, you've seen me, right? 5K is good for me. Five skips. I just want the T-shirt. <laughs> and is Corey going to be running? Is Corey going to run with you? <laughs> no, 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 that won't be happening. I think I think the shop's actually going to be closed tomorrow, and he'll probably, hopefully, still be asleep when I get home. He needs to rest, so we'll see. Yeah, I but think no, we're closed no, ten case. We've got a, a four-day weekend, but I think everybody has to come in Friday and work uh, American Bagger February on Tuesday. So You ship February? Yeah. You ship it to the to the printer? Correct. Okay. 
So we finished it, ship it to uh, the printer, start working on uh, February Urban Bagger, probably Wednesday. Wow. How long of a turnaround time? Okay, you didn't answer me whenever I asked you the other day what you thought about us doing a show just on one of the magazines. So since you didn't answer me, I just made the executive decision that that's what we're going to do. I saw that. (laughs) I saw it, and I, I made sure to have a magazine with me. Good. Did you also see the text message that I sent you and just decided not to answer it? I did see it. <laughs> I, I could lie and say, didn't I respond? But I, no, I, I I thought about okay. responding, and I and I was going to respond like thumbs up, but yeah. <laughs> well, so since I, I chose Urban, um, because that's typically what a lot of our listeners, I don't know, a lot of our listeners are, are both ways. But anyway, um, since we're talking about that today on the show, what is the turnaround time? Like how long does it take you guys to put together an entire issue? And then how long does it take the printer to actually make it into a book? And then how long does it take for the readers to actually have it in their hands? Tell us the process, Dave. <laughs> Well, it's completely different than any process I've had with any of the publishing companies that I ever worked with. Because you had so many you had so many bodies. You had so many people that were writing stories and, and contributing and and you had a big art department and a big production department, but we run this thing so lean and mean and it's the only way we got through the recession was being lean and mean. And people wear multiple hats and everybody does, you know, three, four jobs. So we do it on a two-week production, and two weeks seems like plenty of time to put a magazine together, but you got to remember one of those weeks we might be in Daytona or, yeah. or Galveston or, or the High Seas Rally, and then one of those weeks I might be riding to Sturgis, and then the second week is Sturgis. So uh, two weeks isn't a lot of time since, since people are traveling all over the place, and since we're so tech-heavy, when you look at a tech story and sometimes you have five vendors involved and you need the exhaust from this guy and the air cleaner from this guy and the cams from this guy and, okay, we're going to use a power commander on this one and everything's got to come in and that's just one of the stories and usually we run four to five tech stories. So there's a lot that goes in developing it. So we do 26 magazines if you include our, our parts buyer's guide and the Sturgis guide. So every two weeks something ships to the printer and it ships to the printer and, and in less than two weeks it's back in my hand. And in three weeks from when we ship it, the subscribers start getting it and four weeks from when we ship it to the printer, it's on the newsstand. Wow. That's but also that's fast. How we, you know, it, it used to be like a 90-day turnaround, and the digital world has really sped it up. And mm-hmm. I couldn't do Maverick Publishing out of South Dakota unless we're in a digital world because you used to have, in printing, you'd have to send color separations for every color page. And it was such an expensive process that a lot mm-hmm. of magazines only had a certain amount of color pages. So you, all the tech was in black and white. The bike features and usually event features mm-hmm. were in color. But, you know, now it's so easy and, and so much cheaper and more convenient so we can be remote like this. So, yeah, we do everything here and then upload to our printer outside of Chicago. 
So everything, by the time the, the printer gets the magazine, that's literally all they have to do is put it into whatever format. Or do you guys do you guys do all the formatting and everything? Like, is it? Yeah, we yeah we've got all the printed? software. Yeah, and then all they do is print it. And uh, same thing for digital is we upload mm-hmm. it to the guys that handle the digital distribution for us. Okay. Well. I think it's really cool that you guys have a digital digital version of your book, um, which most most magazines do now. But um, one of the reasons that I love it is because it's an easy way for me to be able to go in. Like I subscribe to the magazines, which, by the way, I got a renewal thing the other day. I need to renew. But um, I also subscribe to the digital because if there's something on there that I want to put on our social media or anything like that, I can just do a quick screenshot and crop it however I want and use it from there as opposed to I see some people. Have you seen this, Dave? I've seen some dealers, like, literally open up a magazine and see, like, a PM ad and take a picture of it with their cell phone and then post it on their page and be like, hey, guys, I'm a PM dealer. Come to me for all your wheel needs. And I'm like, wow, that's real professional. I don't know. It's just well, cool love- to me. To be- and people who have features in the book can use the digital version and save save it. I don't know. I think it's a really cool option. I live uh, digital. You know, one thing you notice right away is the spreads are seamless. Mm-hmm. You know, where, when you're doing with a magazine, there's always going to be that fold in there. But in yeah. a digital world, it's it's exactly like we took the picture. It's not cut and put into two, yeah. taken two pieces and put it into one. That's a good point. That's a really good point. But you know what's so, funny is how big, you know, digital keeps getting bigger and bigger, but I still subscribe to all my magazines in print, and I still buy all my books. I, right. I, I don't, I'm not a Kindle person. I, I still like to hold that book in my hand, and when I'm done, give it to a friend, and if you yep. see something in a magazine, share it with somebody. I'm the same way, and I have a Kindle. I used it once. Corey bought me a Kindle three or four years ago whenever they first got real big um i used it on the the drive home that christmas from chattanooga to sarasota and i've not used it since (laughs) not once literally and i'll i'll be sitting on a plane and where i live obviously there's a ton of old people so every time i get on a plane it's me and a bunch of people in wheelchairs and I look down my row across the airplane, and I'm the only one with a paper book. It's the weirdest thing, and all these 70, 80, 90-year-old people are on iPads and Kindles. I just love I, – I highlight whenever I'm reading. I highlight and underline things, and with the magazines, I just like to carry it with me. I don't know what it is, but I totally agree. Um, I, I still love it when I'll, I'll talk to a guy, and he'll say, you know, you did that BDL belt drive story, and I've got the article – on my wall in the garage for when I get the part and I'm going to follow huh. your instructions, you know, and that's cool. Yeah. You, I guess you can do that, you know, digitally, but it's just, you really want your, whatever unit you're doing out in your garage and you got oily fingers and you know, yeah. me, I scratch and dent and, but it's the wave of the future. I mean, you see these kids 10 years old, they've all got them and they're oh, all yeah. reading their books that way. Yeah. It's it's kind of crazy to me. I mean, like I said, I, I have those things, and obviously I have them with the intention of using them, but I just never do. I like having a book in my hand, so that's why I subscribe to both versions. I, I 
I look at the the actual printed version way more than I look at the digital. That's just me, though. Well, and I don't know. you know, it, it, it's it's kind of like your shop. If somebody comes in and buys a part from you, there's mm-hmm. a commitment that you guys have made to be a brick and mortar operation. Well, there's you know, forty guys that do just online with no brick and mortar, and all they are is a telephone and a website. To me, I still like yeah. going in talking, especially when it's something technical and the guy doesn't know if he should get a 21, a 23, or 26. But you guys have made a commitment to have a storefront, and that's the difference to me between magazines versus these forms that are out there. You know, the form can be one guy that comes home at 5 o'clock and updates a few things, whereas, you know, we've got 12 employees here that do nothing but eat, live, breathe magazines and put them out on a right. regular basis. We've, we've got a huge financial commitment in, you know what it costs to print a magazine and to put that out there? If I never had to print another magazine, I'd be the happiest guy in the world because <laughs> we would instantly be, you know, 40% more profitable. But we're not in that world yet. And in my heart, I hope we never are. I hope I always have a magazine to hold. But, you know, we'll yeah. see. We never thought it would change this quickly. And that's the thing with technology is, when we introduced digital cameras, I was publisher of Hot Bike and, and Truck and Hot Rod Bikes. We had a hundred and something magazines, and we bought digital cameras for every single editor we had on staff. It was like 250 people, mm-hmm. and we we proved that within six months they would pay for themselves. And these guys were kicking and screaming, saying, "This digital thing will never work. It's never going to take off." And now when you hmm. see a guy with film, you're like, wow, what yeah. a dinosaur, you know. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's not that long ago. And it, it reminded me of when everything switched to fuel injection and those old diehard mechanics were like, no, nah, this fuel injection thing, it'll never last. <laughs> and now we all, what do we do? We love fuel injection. Yeah, that's, that's funny. And it's true for a lot of different things. I mean, I'm listening to you say this and I'm like, yep, you know what? When Wide Open Radio was on FM radio, that was where you had to be for people to respect you. You had to be on FM radio. You had to be on a legit radio station where people could tune in in their cars. That was the only way that you could be considered serious and real. And the whole time I was thinking, and this is like in the late 2000s, um, 2009, 10, 11, and the whole time I was thinking, wow, this would be so much cooler if we could do it online and people could tune in any time. And you were starting to hear about podcasts, but you never really heard about people that you actually knew listening to them. It was just something that you heard about like on TMZ or something. And so now it's cool because since we moved the show over, I've had so many so many comments and compliments and surely you've had people tell you the same thing that it's just cool that you can listen from anytime anywhere and I know I still have a problem getting people to understand the concept of a podcast and getting them to understand how easy it is to tune in but I again it's the way of the future I I think that FM radio is going to be I mean I think it's going to be worth less to advertisers almost than Internet radio is. I could be totally wrong, but that's where I think it's going. Well, and I, and I think if you look at the big picture, you know, when Howard Stern left, what does he call terrestrial radio, and went to satellite, that mm-hmm. was the big shift 
because it proved that people will listen to him all day long. You know, some yeah. people had to have that drive time and they still get that, but some people listen at work at 1 o'clock and some people don't get a chance to listen to it at 5. And if he keeps threatening, but imagine if he ever went to a podcast that you had to pay for. Yeah. It would be the biggest thing and it would bring, you know, more people to this world. But I figure if Doug Magoon can find us, then anybody can find us. You know what? I totally agree with you. He sent me a message earlier and he... He was like, I'm the I'm the biggest fan. I'm so into Wide Open Radio. He goes, um, how many listens did my episode get? And like this very enthusiastic message. And then I was like, hey, Doug, what's up? Yeah, your your uh, episode went really well. And hold on just a second. Let me pull up your numbers. I go pull up his numbers and everything. And so I'm excited now getting back to him. And I write him a message back. Tell him how many people have listened to his episode, which, by the way, Doug, in case you haven't read my message, I wouldn't know because you haven't responded. It's like 27,000 people have listened to his episode. So if if Doug find his way through his, what was he, what kind of moonshine was he drinking the other night? He said well, something about I, it. I made, pumpkin? I, no, it wasn't pumpkin. Uh, I, I gave him like three jars, but what I keep forgetting to do is there's certain jars that, all I had was a gold Sharpie, and I made some weird-looking R and put it on the lid. And uh-huh. he's like, that is like the most potent stuff I ever make. And I, of all the people to give it to, I gave it to Doug. Of course. Maybe he's into that so. tonight because he he didn't respond to me. But to your point, yes, Doug has mentioned several times that he loves – the concept of a podcast because he can listen whenever he's flying. He can listen when he's in the shop, um, anytime you want. So I, I think once we get the, the, the instructions, I guess, <laughs> out to people and they get the hang of it, uh, I think it'll, it'll be even better than it is right now. But our numbers are growing fast, like really but, but fast, we, Dave. You know what we need before we get to the numbers is we need a button. Mm-hmm. that people click on, and that's all they have to do. Just a simple button. Well, because, you know, we're guys, and we, we hate to look at directions and ask right. for help. So if it's just an idiot button and it says, push me, well, that's, that's all we need. Well, that's what the play symbol is on what we yeah, post but... all the time. And if you go to, okay, so, like, if you go to our website, I'm going to go there now so I can walk you through it. If you go to wideopenradioshow.com. Uh-huh. By the way, hold, hold uh Jesse is going to send you two pictures of bikes and I told him to send them to your face the wide open Facebook page that you can post while we're talking. One's a silver and one's a red, and that's all I'll say. And then he once you got them, let me know. Then I believe uh yeah, got them. So those um, were on uh-huh. on Saturday in in 28 degree weather with winds. We shot the silver one. That's Rusty Jones, and the red one is as as well. And we shot that Sunday when it was uh, equally as cold. These and are he really drove good looking. 400 miles. Yeah, that, you know the silver one is his. Mm-hmm. He calls it like their entry level, where that's like a twenty seven, twenty eight thousand dollar bike. So the silver one, I'm looking at it right now. The silver one looks like a cross country with a 23 on it. 
26. Is it a 26? God, isn't it crazy how the bigger the wheels yeah. get, the smaller the 26s and the 23s yeah. look? Okay. Yeah, and like I said, so. that's 27, 28 grand at, at the way it sits. It's a really good-looking bike. If I can figure yeah. out how to save it, I'll post it. And then the red ones is over-the-top custom with uh, the 30, and you don't see a whole lot of uh, victories with 30s. No, and it looks really good. It has a directional wheel on it. Contrast is it contrast cut, platinum cut? I think it was Either contrast way. cut. And do those side covers come on the bike, or are those something that he makes? Something he makes. Nice. And, and then also, the bags and the fender also, obviously are not stock at all. Yeah, those are his as well. The wheels nice. that uh, they're doing their own wheels now, so. Basically, every part on there is theirs. Very nice. Bag lids, speaker lids, everything. For I promise I'm trying to figure out how to do this. I don't know how, what's different about the way, I guess because they're in Messenger. Anyway, I'll figure it out. Um, they're really good-looking bikes. Nice. Um so tell me about, you. you've talked about him several times now. This was, and this was actually the first time we had met. And he said, you know, nobody's really shooting my bikes. And uh, I met him through a friend in the industry, and we started talking on the phone. And I said, well, you know, I'm not going up that way for a while. But I said, I'll meet you halfway if you want. You know, I'll drive a couple hundred miles if you want to drive a couple hundred. And he said, no, I'll just drive the whole 400. So he came 400 miles each way wow. uh, for us to shoot those two bikes. And uh, just a nice guy, you know. You know how southern people are, just you oh, know, yeah. salt of the earth type guy. And I was amazed when he handed me his uh, brochure of, of all the parts that they're doing. I mean, he's doing from handlebars to to windshields to exhaust to wheels, uh, floorboards, and basically head to toe everything you need for either Victory or Indian. Wow. It, it He definitely is making a lot of parts. If you're saying that everything on this bike is from him... Um, yeah. Even the batwing fairing, and what about the mirrors, the bars, the are the grip? The grips aren't his. Well, I'm looking at his uh, his deal right now: handlebars, grips, bar ends, backrests, sissy bars, speaker grills, axle spikes, clutch really? arm covers, cam covers, cheese wedges. Custom billet parts, speaker huh. bag lids, air ride kits, uh, metal fenders, 18 to 30 inch billet wheels, floorboards, pegs, rake kits, kickstands, side panels, exhaust pipes, and exhaust tips. So, and, yeah, pretty uh, much whole, everything. And the whole line of bags uh, has just come out to go with the speaker lids, bags, and side covers. So, yeah. And they do that all. He moved from uh, Myrtle Beach to mm-hmm. uh, Sioux Falls. So he's uh, on the opposite end of the state. Now, the bags and fender, let's see. So he obviously has a couple different styles of bags and fender because these are different bags and fender on each of these bikes that I'm going to post. Yeah. So that's cool. Does the, the silver one, the silver one has air ride. Both of them have air ride, and you know what they've got, which is kind of cool, is he does a center stand, uh-huh. but his is manual. So huh. you flip it down, uh-huh. 
and then you air down. Okay. And then you can't flip it back up until you've got to air up first. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm going to post these right now, so if I'm quiet for a second, that's why. Um, I want to get them up while we're talking about them so people can see them, though. So that means you got to take the reins, Dave. i got to take the reins? Okay, well. <laughs> Sing a song or no, something. No, it was, it was a good meeting, though. I, I wish it was would have been one of those ones where you, instead of standing out in the cold for uh, a couple hours at each time, we could actually hang out and go for a beer or something. But he, he had brought his 11-year-old uh, son, Levi, down. So he had to worry about him, and he was so tired when he had driven in the snow to get there that he didn't want to do anything Friday night. And then Saturday we met, and he had to do stuff with the Indian dealer after our shoot. So I really only got to hang out with them for both days when we shot the bikes. But you had hung out with him before? No, we'd only uh, talked on the phone. Oh. So the first time I'd actually ever met him. Well, that's pretty cool. And what was the reason that he moved to Sioux Falls? He got bought. He, uh, Vernity is a huge car group. It's owned by one guy, Bruce Idy, and they're based in Sioux Falls, and they have dealerships in Mitchell. And my actually my 2014 GMC that I own, I bought through them, and they delivered it. Hmm. So they delivered to like a five-six state region, and they'll beat anybody's price. But on the motorcycle side, they have a super dealership with seven different OEs and Victory Indian being why they were interested in him. And Bruce Idy was at uh, an event and saw his stuff, and he's like, man, we got to talk. So he literally brought, bought the company, moved him to Sioux Falls, and now he's got a great facility and he's got help. And, you know, he's not – you know how it is when you're the small guy, you got great ideas, but you can't take these parts to market a lot of times. Now he's got the juice behind him that they can manufacture all these parts. Well, and, that's a good reason to move. And Bruce Idy also owns uh, the Indian Sturgis dealership. Now, I haven't been there yet. They just, uh, they redid it. Uh, so what you've always known as dealership is now uh, bike rentals. I think it's an Eagle Rider. And now behind it, they've built a, a brand new building. You, you can see it because it's a big building. Mm-hmm. So they've got, they call it like a campus back there. Okay. Well, that's cool. Nice you know, I don't get to get out and see many things whenever I'm there because I'm at the booth during the day and then at night we want to just go out and have fun. But maybe one day you'll have to tell me what I'm missing out on. Well, at least this year at Sturgis we're going to do our live radio program, which we were going to do last year and never got a chance to do. We could probably do more than one. I think we should do more than one. Um, I'm out there for 11 days, so, I mean, I'm there for two show days anyway. But I, I like the idea of what we're going to do in Phoenix, uh, doing some sound clips and videos. and uh, Things are going to be a lot different by then because um starting to do more blog entries, trying to put a lot more – not a lot more, but more news and current events and things on the website. Um, I'm hoping by that time we'll be able to start posting some video clips and maybe show some behind-the-scenes of you guys shooting pictures for your tech articles, maybe get uh, – I haven't approached you about this yet, but don't you think it would be cool if we had, like, 
Jason do some quick video clips that coincide with your tech articles? Well, and that's one of the things, actually I had a meeting today where we're pushing Mayla to do more of, is come in behind Jesse while he's shooting so we mm -hmm. can let people know what we're working on. And that can be in just photos and or videos. Yeah. I think it'd be really cool to be able to uh, – we've been talking, you and I, the past few episodes about just making things more interactive in general for the listeners, for the readers. And um, I think that's a cool way to be able to do it, video, give them the visual, and let them see kind of behind the scenes a little bit. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this show. I was hoping that maybe if people are listening, they'll kind of chime in and tell us, um, yeah, I, I really like whenever you guys do that, or, hey, you guys should include something like this in the magazine or on the radio show. Um, I, I think it would be cool to get their feedback. And, you know, you said last week that – the more feedback we get, the more we can make it something that you guys want to listen to and read. So, um, well, and and one thing I would volunteer without asking them, but is if if we had you know a way that they could ask a tech question, that uh, we'd bring Jason on or record it ahead of time, and let Jason answer it. You know, ask the yeah. expert deal, and and it gets us a lot really of disinformation cool. out there. That would be really cool. We should have. You know, how many times have, a, have you had a guy? Have you had guys that come into your shop and you go, "Oh, you got a 23? Did you use rake trees? Did you rake the neck?" And they go, "No, I just uh, moved the fender." And oh you, go, you just moved the fender. Yeah, I just repositioned the <laughs> fender so it didn't rub and it, it runs fine now. And the rake uh, trail is all screwed up. And yeah, I, wrote I just a go story. through a tire every 50 miles, but no big deal. I wrote a story uh, about a year and a half ago, maybe longer, about tribal knowledge. And when I was doing the truck books, one of the big VPs of GM said, you know, as a magazine, what your job is is to dispel tribal knowledge. And I go, what the hell is tribal knowledge? And he said, well, in every cul-de-sac, there's the expert. So all his little tribe members come to him and ask him advice. And if this guy doesn't know what he's talking about he tells his tribe members false information and they go out there and then there's people that look at them as the experts so the tribe just keeps growing with this disinformation right and it's your job as the magazine to to tell them the right way to do things and yeah. to dispel this tribal knowledge and it's stuck with me for about 15 years and that's what we try and do but you know and i know there's an awful lot of guys out there that have been getting some bad advice and are doing things the completely wrong way. And oh, yeah. the consequences, you know, are bad. But one thing I forgot to tell you, you mentioned Arizona. I talked to Lisa from AZ Bike Week yesterday, mm -hmm. and she gave me the whole new layout. Did you know they've repositioned everything? No. Nobody tells me anything. So you know how where we've been down, we'll call it in the bowl for all these years? On the concrete, yeah. all of the vendors are now up top on the concrete in between that huge tent where they do Bear Jackson and the new building. Really? So the whole layout has moved up there, and down below is more camping. So there's well, more yeah, vendor that's spaces. A big, that's a big uh, camping rally. A lot of people come out there, but it's I, I wouldn't call it's like rich people camping. It's RVs and stuff most of the time. <laughs> but... <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't see as many tents as you do in South Dakota. But um yeah, that it makes more sense. I guess. We'll see what it's, happens. It's actually a very cool layout and the fact that yeah. they can grow with it and it's kind of easier to get, I think, for us in and out. And if you if you're a vendor who you're an exhaust vendor. It's easier for you to get your customer in there to, to change parts now. That is true. That is very true. Hmm. Well, I I love Arizona Bike Week. Period. I'm already looking forward to it. You guys know because I've been talking about it <laughs> pretty much every week. But um, yeah, that'll be really cool. Are there any other changes coming about this year? No, she uh, she would not tell me bands yet. So she's keeping okay. it uh, real on the QT, but as of right now, they're, I think, 75% sold for the camping with the the expansion. And oh, my gosh. They might even, they're going to, I think at some point, once they're 100%, they'll add dry camping. Wow. Now, I'm not a camper, so you're going to have to explain to me what dry camping is. I'm sorry. Where you, there's no electrical hookup, so you got to go off your generator, and there's no water and waste hookup. Okay, so like Rot Rally. Yeah, so you know if you know how it is when you, when you are camping, even in an RV, you you don't take long showers, you know, so you can make it the whole time. But they will send the guys that come around and will take your waste away, and and they'll even give you water if you need it. Uh, okay. So it's not like you're you're really roughing it, but uh, yeah, I, my a buddy of mine dry camped at uh, at the rally this year because his rate went up from four hundred bucks to twelve hundred bucks, so he just dry camped for wow. free, and his generator lasted the whole time, his water lasted, huh. and he was fine. Well, that's cool. That's good to know. I'm I've never been a big camper, so I don't know a whole lot about it other than the fact that I don't want to do it. So. It's it's for a lot of people. It's not for me. When I was a kid, I w- we had to go camping a lot. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, I was a Boy Scout. I wasn't a good Boy Scout, but I was a Boy Scout. And I, I always had the worst. That. <laughs> I always had the worst. Can see you wearing the little shorts right now. Oh man, That's, see, I shouldn't have told. I shouldn't have shared with you. But <laughs> I'd go to like winter camp with with a summer sleeping bag, freezing my butt off, and I was miserable. So I'm not a camper. I would like to do what you're talking about, the, the rich person camping. That's my idea of camping. Yeah. I need, a, yeah. I need a flat screen, and I need to have my TV uh, hookups at night. So that, yeah. that's my idea of camping. Yeah. Definitely different camping worlds when you go to Arizona Bike Week and then whenever you go to, like, Rot Rally. I've seen people at Rot Rally literally sleeping on the ground. Like, it's disgusting. I wouldn't doubt it. (laughs) I would not doubt it. Yeah. Maybe they were sleeping, maybe they were passed out. I don't know. But they were on the ground, and their eyes weren't open. So, (laughs) totally different world. (laughs) Um, We have a comment that was sent in from one of our faithful listeners, um, Phil Perrin. And he said, he sent this whenever you and I were talking about the uh, technology advancements and uh, internet radio and and trying to explain to people how to listen to it. Um, He said he has the best of both worlds for the show. He says that he Bluetooths it to his car audio system, and it's just like a normal radio show. 
So that's good to hear that, I, I mean, I know how to do that, and I've tried to tell people, oh, you can just Bluetooth it right to your car audio. And they're like, huh? And I'm like, no, you know, like whenever you listen to the music on your phone through your car speakers, no, I don't do that. I'm like, oh, okay, well, now, that's, that's a really good. Uh, thank you, Phil, for that suggestion because I, I, you listen to the show and you critique it and you do that. I, I don't like listening to myself, so I never listen to it. But uh, everybody who's asked me, mm-hmm. how do I get it? And then you tell them the simple way; they all seem to figure it out. So, and obviously, as you were saying, the numbers continue to grow, so people are finding it. You know. Yeah, our numbers, I I also said this to Doug Magoon earlier. I don't know if he's read my message, but our numbers are growing like 150, no, 175 to 300 is about the average growth per week, Um, which I'm stoked about. I think that's pretty awesome. It may not sound like a whole lot, but that's the average. I mean, some weeks we may only have like 90 new listeners, but it averages out to be about, 175 some weeks we have 300 maybe a few more but um it also depends on who the the guest is the guests have been doing a really good job of helping get the word out and uh did you notice last week that kobe klein from speed by design sent an actual newsletter out to his mailing list with a nice um a nice graphic file that said all the information about the show and did you get that no, I didn't get it, but I, I really enjoyed talking to him because, you know, how it is a lot of times where we have these friends in the industry and where do we see each other on the road? Yeah. So yeah. you go up at the booth, a big hug, how you doing? And then a customer walks up and you got to kind of back off and let them do their thing. And, hey, I'll come back next time. And we may be at the same show, the same venue for five days, and in that whole time you, you actually can talk for a half hour. So yeah. it was nice to actually get caught up. And, and I mean, here's a guy that literally when we met him, uh, it'll be five years at, at Sturgis this year coming up, and he had a bike and he had a concept. And now to see that he's got this uh, a fully formed company that's rocking and rolling and he's on that next level. He's This is when he makes that big jump. And yeah. it's exciting. Just a, a nice guy and he deserves uh, all the success that he gets. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I I was just texting back and forth with him for a couple of minutes last night, and he was saying how much he enjoyed the show and how much he liked coming on and talking to us and the aftermath of it for the next week, how we've been promoting the sale that he offered to our listeners, which, by the way, guys, if you're listening, it's still going on. It's going on until Friday evening, so Friday November 27th, you can still get uh, 10% off all your plastic parts with Speed by Design with the purchase of a rear end. And uh, I did a blog post on it, so you can see that on our website too. Um, But he was really, he was like, man, that's so cool. He was like, you guys, I didn't even know you were going to do a blog post about it. Now there's just even more people that are going to see about it. So um, he was was really impressed and appreciative, and, and I thought that was cool. And I told him he has no idea the plans that, that I know I have for the show over the next year. Um, so I'm excited to see where it goes. I, on another kind of the same note, uh, Lynn Edmondson was clearly not impressed with my, what would you call it, my librarian look. <laughs> he didn't like that? 
Well, he commented and said, librarian look is fine, comma, check out that nice bike built for charity on the cover. Well, you know what's funny is I have a picture he sent me yesterday, he sent me a bunch of pictures, and one of them was him sitting on one of his bikes, and it was his girlfriend, Lisa, who's stunning, and she's mm-hmm. doing the librarian look. So uh, I may have to send you that picture. So I think I'm... And I, and I still need to comment to him back, so... Oh, I'm listening. not the only one you don't answer. Good. That makes me feel a lot better. Okay. Hey, do so, you want your joke for the day? Oh, God, Dave. We are starting to think way too much alike because I was literally about to just cut you off and tell you that I had a joke for you. You go first. Do you want to go first and then I'll tell nope. you mine? Nope, you go first. This is, you're going to be shocked, but my joke involves a guy going into a bar. I don't believe it. Okay, so guy runs into a bar, says to the bartender, I need four shots of your best single malt scotch. So the guy pours four shots, and he goes, line them all up. He lines them all up, and the guy just shoots all four shots. The guy's looking at him. You know, this 30-year-old single malt scotch you're supposed to sip, and it's a very sophisticated thing. And the guy goes, man, you sure are in a hurry. And the guy goes, well... If you had what I had, you'd be in a hurry, too. And he, guys, bartender starts thinking the guy's dying of a disease, and he goes, what do you got? And he goes, 50 cents. I don't get it. Well, those shots were probably $20 each, so he had four of them, so we'll say $80, and he's got 50 cents. Oh, he hadn't paid for them yet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Your bar jokes are complicated sometimes. Nothing like that dead silence I get from you. I just I dread know, that every, every show time. I waiting can't help for it. it. I can't help it. I don't know. So, let's, so my let's joke hear your is a Thanksgiving joke. joke. Tis the season. Um, why did the pilgrim's pants keep falling down? I don't know. Why did the pilgrim's pants keep falling down? Because their belt buckles were around their hats. See, I got yours. <laughs> yeah, that's because probably a first grader wrote mine. But anyway. Um, so you remember me telling you the story uh, about Len and the snow globes? Yeah, yeah. So then you remember me breaking the news that John Mead left Harley Davidson and went to work for Len? Yes. Okay. So you know what comes in the mail from John Mead and his wife? A snow globe from Texas, and they said, we didn't think she had this one. So now I've got John Mead and and his wife are helping me give Deja snow gloves. So I think right now I've got like seven or eight saved up for Christmas that she's getting. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. How many does she have total in her collection? Well, we have this talk, and remember, she's going to be 11 right after the first year. And now they're all on display because she's got this new bookshelf that her mom bought. And, and everybody can see the glory of the collection. And one of us, uh, her girlfriends comes over and she goes, oh, you collect snow globes. And she goes, I'm going to start collecting them. And she looked at me and she goes, as if she could ever catch me. <laughs> and just said it in that, you know, little young girl, almost a teenage voice. And I'm like, I go, you let uh, me know if it's a contest because we'll up the uh, ante if, 
if she thinks she's going to catch us. Well, we'll, we'll go I was going to say, as long as you quick. think it's a contest, she'll never lose. Yeah. <laughs> she has to be number one in the Black Hills for snow globes. She should get a trophy with a snow globe on it. Just saying. I just hope I hope she doesn't get to that age where all of a sudden she's 15 and she goes, God, I hate these, and just throws them all out. I'd never know, but. Well, as long as you don't know. Thank you. So way to reassure me that that's not going to happen. So what's going to happen is she's not going to grow out of it, and she's going to be like 20, no, probably like 35 looking for her husband, and every time she brings a guy home, they're going to be like, what's the deal with all these snow globes? And she's going to be like, oh, I love my snow globes. Oh, my God, I love them so much. And then they're never going to come back over to her house ever again. The crazy snow globe lady. Wow. <laughs> You're evil. I'm just keeping it real. Yeah, I'm you were. It real. Yeah. So, oh, um, we said we were going to talk about the magazine, and the only thing that we've talked about so far with the magazine is how it's made. So I'm going yeah, to talk about what's with in paper. It. Yeah, with paper and on the computer screen. Um, Now, that was, I guess, a good lead-in. Maybe Lynn was giving us a hint that we weren't talking about it and we need to start talking about it. But um, Urban Bagger, the current issue, is the one that's on uh, on sale until December 22nd, and it has a beautiful ass-kicker bike on the front, uh, breast cancer charity bike. What do you know about the whole story behind that? You're going to giggle because it's the uh, Bikers for Boobies bike, <laughs> and right. uh, which is based in Phoenix, and okay. every year they raffle off a bike. And I think Hatred did the Sportster for them. And I think he was doing it during when they were filming the show, and they, they might have actually showed it at the doghouse uh, raffling it off. So every year they do one, and, you know, Len, it, he's not going to, Take second fiddle. You know, if the record was forty thousand, Len wants to raise a hundred thousand for charity. Right. So he went out and he bought, or actually, he built an ass kicker bike, and that's what he's he's raffling off is an ass kicker mm-hmm. bike. And you know, a lot of times you see, like they'll do, uh, Spearfish City does a raffle every year, and it'll be a stock bike with a couple parts. But this is like a full-blown ass-kicker custom with all of their parts. So we kind of got behind it since it is for a good cause, and we followed mm-hmm. them along. I think we did six articles on the buildup of the bike, and then we put right. it on the cover. And we didn't know what cover it would be, so it just kind of was a coincidence that it was at the same time as our January cover with Lens Indian coming out. So As Kicker was the first one to have both covers at the same time and now Corey is going to be the second one to do it. So Wow. Uh it but you know what? Great cause. And and like Corey yeah. he won a contest. So you know, yeah. it's I guess his fate it was meant to be. Now it looks like um they also you have some coverage on Ass Kicker in here for uh in the tech section for the floorboards and pegs. Yeah, that was the last of the build story on that uh, that raffle bike. Okay. So, cool. 
you know, before that we showed them raking the neck, and we showed obviously the back end and and how they do their front ends. And so yeah, we kind of went through step by step with them, and it was one of the few times that uh, we actually don't do the tech in house because basically every tech story you see is shot downstairs in Black Hill Cycles, our tech right. uh, facility. So it's always uh, unnerving when we actually let somebody else do it because, like I, I said earlier, our, our our timelines are so tight. In this issue, I don't know if we've ever done it before, but we've got three baddest baggers in coverage in, in, in one issue. We've got Las Vegas, uh, Dallas at Rick Fairless's place, and Reno up at Street Vibrations. Well, I mean, when that was going on, we talked about it a lot on the show, how crazy it was that you actually had – two baddest baggers going on in the same weekend, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. That was uh, Dallas and Reno, I believe. Yeah, so um, the first one that people can see in the book, I'm scrolling through right now, and the first one that we come to is Las Vegas. And you were there in Las Vegas for this one, right? Yeah, I do I do Vegas every year because what I do is I fly out and do Reno and Vegas are back-to-back weekends. Mm-hmm. So I can do Reno, and then instead of flying back home, I just stay in Vegas, and uh, I'm out there for seven or eight days. But Vegas uh, was the first time when the show started, they were down on Fremont Street. And after two years, they outgrew it, and they moved to Cashman. So for the next, God, what was it, uh, 12 years, I think, they were on, at Cashman. And Cashman is where the minor league baseball team plays, and it's got a huge mm-hmm. parking area. And the only thing is everybody would stay on Fremont Street and then hop on their bikes and have to ride and deal with the parking. And people just didn't like it. So this is the first year that Las Vegas Bike Fest has moved back to Fremont. And it looked like they hit a home run. I mean, it was more crowded than it had been in years. And it was definitely our biggest, baddest bagger in Vegas. Cool. I I know that you, you gave us some really good feedback from the event, and you have some good coverage in the book about it, too. I'm, like I said, I'm just kind of scrolling through. You have six, eight pages, eight pages of coverage just from Las Vegas, Baddest Bagger. Um, and I think this is a cool one for us to touch on real quick because um, if our listeners remember, we kind of followed the whole story of James Patience, and the bikes that he and his crew and uh, Brianna Miller and uh, the bikes, they were all taken out to Vegas. And remember, they almost didn't make it. Well, uh, especially Jackson Patience's uh, bike wasn't going to make it. Yeah. Um, but Eric Contreras from Powerhouse, uh, when he knew we were going to shoot it, I mean, he mm-hmm. put it in high gear because if I remember right, James had uh, put the base coat down, the flake, and he needed Eric to do those those wild graphics. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Eric kind of saved the day for all of us, and we owe him a big thanks to – because if it wouldn't have got down there, then it wouldn't have been in the contest where, you know, it took second place in a tight, tight contest. So, yeah, we, yeah. Were, we were happy to see that get, get there. Yeah. So I think it's really cool because you can see pictures of, of those bikes here sitting right alongside um, – Shope's bike that he debuted in Sturgis and, or, yeah, in Sturgis, right? Um, the gold bike he debuted here? in Sturgis, and I don't, I think there's some pictures in there of that new FL deal he's doing with Sideshow. 
and that's where they're taking uh, Evo, not Evo, uh, twin cam, late model twin cam soft tails and making them look to, like stripped down FLs and even yeah. putting external rear suspension on them. And they're getting ready. They're close to having a kit that you can buy and convert it. Got the fish tails and the tall mm-hmm. bars. Just a great looking bike and a lot of fun. And now, people do a double take because. Go ahead. They, you know, people do a double take because they don't believe it's soft tail. It's kind of funny because we've seen that one. We've seen. Uh, oh, who else? Misfit has done one similar, right? Yeah. A lot and of guys have... Ballistic. Guys have done... Yeah, and they've done them but never had a kit. And that's the the, the kicker, is if you can yeah. have a kit and now convert your bike and, you know, what is uh, an 06 Softail going for now? Seven grand? Yeah, yeah, they're super cheap. You know. So you pick something like that. I have no idea what the kit is, but say the kit's thirty five hundred bucks. Now you mm-hmm. give a whole new look, and now you're excited about riding that bike that you has been sitting there because you spent all your time on your bagger, and now you got a fun bar hopper that you could actually ride to Sturgis because it's got the you know the counterbalance motor that uh, actually runs good. It's not like the old soft tails. So yeah, I think it's it's having the kit. So it's it's foolproof that order this this and this and, and away you go. Yeah, no, I think it's I now, think it's really cool. I, now, I didn't think... know if. You... Oh, go, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to ask you if on a different subject, if you read my publisher's page in that issue. I did, and and I was like, wow. I, a lot of times, um, I always read it because I always like to see what you have to say it's really the one place in the magazine that you're directly talking to the readers and i was kind of surprised to read this one i didn't realize that you had made the switch dave yeah you know my whole life i fought against wearing a helmet and uh just this summer um i started wearing one again and and i i I, the article is called I, i believe in a right to choose because I still don't believe in the government telling us whether we should wear helmets or not. But, uh, you know, it just hit me that there's too many people that depend on me, whether it's the people at, at this company or my my family that mm-hmm. depend on me making it home. And, and we do a lot of stupid stuff when we're out there riding, you know, having a blast. Yeah. But I've always worn one when I rode cross-country, but we realize that where does an accident usually happen? It's not when you're going 75 miles an hour on the interstate it's when you are coming back from the store and you're three blocks from your house and somebody cuts you off but it's to me it's more important wearing a helmet on the street nowadays than it is on the interstate but i'm wearing them both and and where i live kids can start driving at 14 oh my god 14 year old kids out here yeah and you have retirees so you have both spectrums that to me are trying to kill you so all I wanted to say is it's a personal choice that I made, and uh, I mean, it wasn't a preachy thing. It was, you know, whether you like it or not, you know, all of a sudden you're not going to see helmets popping all over, but when you see me riding in the magazine, I'll I'll have a helmet on. No, I think it's cool. I don't think it's a preachy thing, and I think that this industry is a very 
it's a bunch of people that all say they're leaders and they all say they're doing the next big thing and this is the game changer, but it's really a few leaders that really stand out and a lot of followers. And I think a lot of times it's just the cool thing to do not to wear a helmet and people don't think about the consequences. And this is a conversation that I've had with Corey. Notice I didn't say a conversation that Corey and I have had because it's completely one-sided and I'm just talking to him and he may be listening, I'm not sure. But, you know, I, I tell him now especially, I mean, two or three years ago, Dave, I didn't think about these things at all. And now I sit here in this shop every day and I'm like, you know what, we're not a huge operation and we're not a multi-million dollar company or by any means. But this is a lot to us and it's a lot of responsibility and this is Corey's baby. And... I sit here and look around, and it'll just pop into my head every once in a while, what the heck would I do if something happened to him? And I'll say that to Corey, and Corey's like, oh, you're going to come out here and build all the bikes? I'm like, no, obviously not, but what would I do? You know, and it's it's like something you don't want to think about, but you got to kind of be an adult sometimes and be like, all right, what would we do? What would happen? So, and like you said in your article that, it's not a it's not a, a save all. It's not like because you wear a helmet, it, you're automatically not going to get hurt. That's not the case. Um, but you know, I do believe that there are more pros to it than cons. So maybe maybe your article will open some people's eyes and make them make the change too. You never know. Well, and, and I've told you before, I've got to come up with 26 of these a year. And sometimes it's like I'm getting a root canal because nothing is flowing. But this mm-hmm. was one that that just and maybe I was looking through the Sturgis pictures and and most of us had helmets and it just clicked. And was it last week or the week before when we were talking about when I saw that GMC was going to import a uh, a GMC from China? And those were the ones that you get passionate about. But this one where it just kind of wrote itself. And I, I gave some examples and talked about you know riding as as a kid and and hiding the helmet and. So, yeah, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, it. I lost one of my best friends that I worked with at Easy Riders, and he, he, when he got hit, he literally absorbed the car with his chest, mm-hmm. and it tore his aorta, and they actually brought him back to life, and he was paralyzed, and he was never the same, and, and I think he kind of gave up on life. Helmet, he wasn't wearing one. Helmet wouldn't have saved him. So yeah. it is not... It's not the cure-all for every situation. Every situation is different, but uh, there's a there's a lot of a lot of situations in my mind that it will work. So we'll see. Like yeah. you said, if, if one person, two people say, you know what, yeah, maybe I'll start wearing one. And I know a lot of my buddies are are thinking the same thing. Dave Withrow wears one. I'm gonna start wearing one too. <laughs> yeah. Wow. God. Corey was right about you. <laughs> Probably. Um, so how do you come up with topics to write about? Is it Do you choose things that are popular, like in current events? Do you choose things that are near and dear to your heart? Do you choose things because you think that it'll get people's attention? You know, it's just it's what I'm feeling at the time, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. what my hot buttons are. Uh, I think last year, you know, one that that a lot of industry people uh, responded to was when I talked about the Cincinnati B-Twin show. And I said, you know, we've supported that show 
since it started. And I said, another a competing magazine company owns that show, and I write a big check to them every year to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And I said, I could be like other magazines and just show up with a briefcase and a bunch of magazines and walk the floor and save, I don't know, I think we give out 5,000 magazines while we're there. So imagine the yeah. cost of that plus getting them shipped there, the booth cost and bringing in extra people. And, and, and a lot of our competitors, what they'll do is they'll, They'll take that money and then throw a big party hmm. and then walk the show for free. And so I just said, you know, it's it's that carpetbagger mentality. And I said, I, if you're in this industry and you're manufacturing parts, have a 10 by 10. Just have a presence because right. don't don't be that leech that that's, that's leeching off the show and then bitches in five years when the show's gone when, you know, your two grand for a 10 by 10 booth could have helped save it because there's a there's a hundred guys like you that I see them all walking through. Where's your booth? Oh, I don't have one. And it's like, but yet you want you see the value in being at the show, but just not supporting it. So, you know, it's just when it's fresh like that. Uh, yeah. Thinking on yeah, the high seas I... rally. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. High seas rally. I was just going to give an. Uh, I think it was right before I left for the high seas rally. Just thinking that this could be the last one, and it was something that. Our company has been a part of 10 of the 18, and we've seen firsthand, you know, these. it's very emotional when somebody gets up there who had never got to experience something like this because of their dialysis treatments, and they couldn't be, they had to have them every two days, and, you know, the joy that you help bring to people's lives. So it just was kind of fresh and raw, but, you know, it's just whatever I'm thinking or feeling at the time. I noticed that you don't have a write to the publisher section on there asking people for feedback. Have you ever done that back in the day? Remember how people used no. to write into the magazines with their comments on the editor's section or the publisher you section? You know, I, I, no, but I think we talked about, uh, I told you a lot of magazines that I had worked for and that still do it to this day, make up uh, questions to the magazine. Like, hey, I just got your January yeah. issue. You have the best magazine ever, and I've never wanted to do that. Uh, so, you know, it's I, I've had it where people have uh, written me something, and I've turned that into uh, the column. You know, Kevin, who you met from Baltimore, who who did the ride to the 75th, I let him be my guest yep. uh, editor and, and write a column just because mm-hmm. I wanted our readers to see that from his perspective of how much fun he had on the ride. And, and so, yeah, there's no rhyme or reason, you know, somehow it has to eventually tie into motorcycles. And, you know, I I may take a real long way about it. Um, I think the next one for urban is I talked about SEMA and Mm -hmm. kind of a lot of what we had talked about because I'd just written it. So it was fresh when we were talking about it, but yeah, there's no rhyme or reason. It's, uh, just whatever pops into my head and sometimes literally it pops into my head the day we're shipping the magazine because <laughs> I've sat there for two weeks and have, I and go I have no fresh ideas alright well I had to ask because um, it's always a different subject it's never along the same line I mean not never but it's, it's usually different subjects so I didn't know if you just kind of like you said whatever pops in your head or if there's a reason why you choose what you choose um so I'm thumbing back through the magazine. We did the your publisher's article. We did uh, Las Vegas Baddest Bagger that's in this issue. The next 
big section that comes up is the Dallas Baddest Bagger, which happened at Rick Fairless's place, Strokers Dallas. Um, now, I heard that it was – we talked about this on the show. It was kind of a rainy day. But you guys still had – was it 30-something bikes? Yeah, I want to say 35. That's pretty good. close to 40. That's really good. Yeah, for the rain, the I mean, it, it, just, it shows to me the power of uh, of Rick's place. You know, just oh, yeah. the fact that uh, everybody wants to be at that place and – Everybody wants to support Rick, and and they know how special it was for him to to have that deal. So yeah, that yeah. was uh, that that was cool. I wish I could have gone to that one, but uh, Tony went to that one, and he said he goes next year if you can. He goes, you got to come out because I think he also went and saw a Biker's Choice while he was there, and he saw some other people. So okay. he said, yeah, come in a few days early, and and we'll do the Texas tour. And that's something I used to do a lot more of, but it's like. You know how it is when somebody goes, hey, you know, you're doing 16 shows this year, Courtney. How about do this one? Yeah. And you go, yeah. okay. It sounds good you know? in theory, but each of those 16 shows is four to ten days. And it's, you still have a life at home and you still have business at home. <laughs> your yeah, your and, days and of the year start dwindling down really quick. Well, and I think um, that's the other thing is to realize that how important it is to have a home life because uh, I think the older we get where you're like, ah, you know, I got time. Then you go, ah, well, maybe I don't have as much time as I thought. Yeah, yeah. You, I, I have a little more than you, but we're both definitely getting older. That was a, a very nice way to say that I'm older than you, Courtney. Thank you. You are uh, older than me, you, yeah. I know, I know. I said that was a nice way to say that. <laughs> so we were wrong. Uh, the article says that they had just over 50 of Dallas' oh, wow. finest baggers. Yeah, so that was really good for the first time. Um, it says that uh, Misfit, All-Star, Scrub, Metroplex, Covington, uh, Southern Metal, there were a ton of different builders there. And um, I see Chocolate Spike back there. Which is pretty cool because I know she's in Dallas now. So uh, well, the other thing, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, what what made that show besides wanting to support Rick, the the idea of having a show in Dallas is it's so close to Austin, and since we only did that one rot rally in Austin, mm-hmm. there just the the builders you just named, that's an impressive list. Oh yeah. So to not have a show to support those dealers to me is wrong. And, you know, unfortunately we could never put a, a long-term deal together with Rod. And uh, I think, did you ever read the story I did about the Rotless Rally where I went out there but and didn't go to the Rot Rally? You hate the Rot Rally. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I I'm not disagreeing the... with you. I'm not going back next year, but <laughs> well, it, it, I don't know well, if you've told me about I... that or not. The, one of the reasons that I hate it so much is they put us in the horse stables with all these, yeah. you know, expensive baggers. And literally, what do you get in horse stables? Dust. There's no light. Support Jesse Oops. can't get the photos he needs. And then they schedule some other show at the same time. So those guys were pissed off at yeah. us. We didn't know it was going to be at the same time. And it was just, it, it was amateur hour. It was just such yeah. a hokey production. But I love Austin. 
and I love the builders in that area. So I'm going again next year and do another rotless rally where I just run around Austin and shoot bikes and have fun. Well, good for you. I don't think I'll be going back, but um, Austin was okay. <laughs> I, I didn't fall in love with it, but uh, there's some other events going on out there, and it's probably a good thing. If you're going to be going there, that means I'll be going somewhere else so we can cover another event. So maybe that's a good thing. We'll I do notice this picture in here of uh, Rick holding, in true Rick fashion, a tie-dyed dolphin. And that was that was a lifetime achievement award, I think, that his his airbrush guy, who I think is in the middle of the photo, presented uh-huh. him. Yeah, and and then. Which is cool, very cool. But what I noticed out of that picture is a very buff-looking and constipated-looking Tony Frey. Who's wearing uh, Bikers Against Bullies USA shirt. Yes, he is. Yes. He looks very uncomfortable, Which, though. He does. He's, <laughs> his face is all red and, you know. Yep. I, he looks I, like I he's about like to he fight somebody. To, I thought it was, he looks like he needs to poop. That's what I just said. You didn't hear me. I said a very constipated-looking Tony Frey. Yeah. He definitely looks like he needs to poop or fight somebody. I don't know. But Tony always looks like he's about to punch somebody. So who knows? You know, uh, I said bikers against bullies. That's somebody we should have on soon as Flash. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and not just because he likes my bike and his uh, fiancé likes your bike. I know, such a smart woman. But just to promote uh, another great charity, you know, Bikers Against Bullies USA, who who we support a lot. And I, I Flash helps us emceeing our, our big uh, baddest baggers. So, yeah, I think mm-hmm. he'd be a great one to have on. Yeah, well, maybe we can – let's look through the schedule. I know we were talking a few days ago, and we're pretty booked out for a while. Um, but that would be somebody maybe we could uh, – slide in for our introduction, our, our 30 minutes or whatever that we take at the beginning of the show or put them in 30 minutes after or or if we just want to wait and put them in later. Um, but I definitely think we should do that. I think it would be something different, and it's for a good cause, and I know that's something that you're very supportive of. So let's do it. I'm still looking through. No, I have – Go ahead. You know, when when I started Maverick Publishing and, you know, having worked for publishing companies and and learning different ways on how they did business, the, the one thing I said when I start my own, and it's 100% mine, is we're going to have more new products every issue than anybody else. And I think we've lived up to that. And more tech. And, you know, the the one, I guess the big tech story in this is the Hogtoons, um, when, when you look at that, what do you think? I mean, I, I know the feedback I get from a lot of guys, and what I always say is, is there's a couple different reasons why we do a tech story. One is to show you how to do it. One is to show you how to do it so you go, you know what, maybe that's above my skill level, and I'll take mm-hmm. it to it. Another is when you walk into your local shop, you've got more knowledge than you did before you read the article. Right, and, and you will appreciate the labor that goes into it. Exactly. Now you understand why uh, an engine rebuild 
on a V-twin motor costs what it does when we do the engine hop-up stories like that. And But, yeah. you know, that's kind of become what we're known for is everybody can shoot nice bikes and everybody can shoot event coverage, but by us having a shop in-house and having a dyno in-house and having, you know, Jason on staff in-house, it gives us that edge that at any time, and we've, we literally sometimes are still shooting and writing tech stories the day we're shipping to the printer. Wow. So we, I couldn't do that in the corporate environments that I've worked over the years. Yeah, no way, no way. That's That's pushing it to the limit. And to answer your question, what I think about this tech article with Hogtoons is it is eight pages long and 80 steps. If I'm a custom bagger owner and I'm thinking about putting this in my bike, I'm going to look at this and like you said, I'm going to go, this is not something I want to take on. This is like buying a piece of furniture that you have to put together and you get it home and all the instructions are in Japanese or something to me. That's what it looks like to me. Um, I'm sure that it, it says it's only four hours of labor. I love that you guys put in there how many hours it takes to complete, the difficulty level and all that. Just speaking from my viewpoint, this looks like something I wouldn't want to take on. Well, and and a lot of that has changed since we got Jason because, you know, we've had in, in coming into our 10th year, we've had about 14 different tech people involved over the years. And mm-hmm. Jason brought, you know, when you sit there and you say, I go, Jason, one thing that I hate is when we don't have torque specs because you just assume everybody's got every Harley manual like we do. and. Right. Not everybody does, so let's put torque specs. And he listened and he grabbed that. And the tool thing, that was his idea. And then, you know, the, the difficulty level, like you said, is you don't want somebody to get over their head and then just get pissed and go, I'm never buying another aftermarket product again. You'd rather them go, you know what, it is over my head. Let me go to a qualified dealer. And yeah. now I have a basis. And so four hours, four hours, you know, and and when Jason gives you a four hours or three hours or two hours, that's what we would bill for that story. Right. Well, and I'll tell you this. My comment was from my stamp, my personal viewpoint. I see this, and I'm like, you know what? Four hours. That's what three hundred seventy-five bucks, probably at most shops. I would rather pay the money and have somebody do it. Now, from a general standpoint, whenever I look at, and this isn't just this tech article, it's it's any tech article that you look at in either one of your books, it, you guys have the most well-put-together tech stories, pictures, instructions. I've never seen anything like it. And for something that only takes four hours to have 80 different steps, and you guys show every single thing to do, exactly how to position things and exactly what tools you need and exactly where to move this piece to get ready for the next piece you're about to put in. It's step-by-step, like almost dummy-proof. And I well, think that's really gotta, cool. you got to remember when we're shooting that story, that's not it, – it takes us a lot longer than four hours. And, and to get 80 clean steps, Jesse might shoot – five to one on what we use and when i say it takes longer is you know it's jason holding a wrench 
in the right spot so Jesse mm-hmm. can get that right picture. So, you know, it, Jason then comes down and says, okay, if I was to do this start to finish without somebody taking pictures, this is how long it would take. And uh, i got to give a lot of credit to Jesse because when he came in, and, and I can remember if you look at our tech stories from like five or six years ago, you always saw in in the background you would either see the gasket board, the blue gasket board, mm-hmm. you know, from drag specialties with all the, the gaskets on it, or you'd see it reflected in the chrome. And he's got a white linoleum floor, and we were looking at it yesterday because he literally goes in there and mops that thing in between stories. And it's getting ready to, to, I think it's lasted three or four years, but that was his idea. And we have white shower curtains that come around, and all the the walls are white, so so all you see is the product. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give Jesse all the credit because it's like when he's ready for a photo shoot, you can eat off that linoleum floor. Well, that's really good. Jesse does an awesome job at everything I've seen him do, period. And it seems like he's really dedicated to you guys. And now after hearing that, he definitely is if he's going in and taking care of the, the whole uh, setup well, and everything, and, and then, sure everything's looking good. Thank you, but on this side, on one side he's got to deal with me, and then on the other side he's got to deal with Jason. How would you like to be that person? Oh, no comment. <laughs> I didn't think you would. I didn't think you would. Uh, what do you think of uh, of that victory we put in there? Let me get to that so we can talk more about it because it's pretty awesome. Okay, scroll past here. Here we go. Um, it, you know, the first thing I thought whenever I saw this, uh, I got the magazine in the mail maybe a week ago, I think. And I remember I would I go through as soon as I get it. I don't even I don't even let my dogs out. When I get home and it's in the mailbox, my dogs have to stay in the kennel for an extra half hour or so because I literally sit down and go straight through the magazine. That's that's the truth too. Um it looked like a rendering. The picture's so like crisp and and I don't know, it, it looked like a rendering. I was like, Is that a real bike? Um it's it's really well done. It's really clean looking. I I like a lot of the stuff that I see on it. Um, who built this bike? That is uh, Victory of Citrus Heights in California. And we've shot, uh, we've ran two of their bikes, and then I shot a red one that I'm waiting for a tech sheet. Mm-hmm. And I met those guys through T- uh, TOL because they use TOL bags. Yep, I definitely recognize the bags. DOL makes some really nice stuff for victories. I like those a lot. I like that, um, you know, it's it's kind of crazy because people who aren't victory riders look at victories and they're like, oh, it's just too new of a look for me. It's it's not a Harley, yada, yada, yada. But now that the people who make the aftermarket Harley parts are starting to make victory parts, those most of those people are lying if they're saying they don't like the way that these rear ends and stuff look on these victories. Well, I mean, and, and I could say I can honestly say I was that guy when I when I talked about Indian. I'd say you know I've ridden Indian and and they run nice and they're they're good bikes. They handle well. I just didn't like the styling. And then I saw the bike that we put of Lens that we put on the cover, 
and then I see what what our other friends in the industry are doing, and I'm like, I would own that bike. I'd ride that bike. Right. Uh, but, you know, with Victories, the one thing that always stood out to me is I love their gas tanks. I think their stock bagger gas yeah. tanks are probably the best-looking tanks in the industry. Yeah, they do have really good-looking tanks. I have personally had uh, a slight issue with one, though. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else has ever had this, but uh, and I don't, maybe you can tell me why. I'm I'm probably stupid when it comes to this, so I don't know why this would happen. Um, one of the victories that we gave away with Allstate, uh, it was one of the. It was either the eight ball that we gave away or one of the cross countries. I think it was one of the eight or the eight ball. Um, you know, those bikes are sitting out in the sun all day, and uh, we don't keep fuel in them usually. Um, the I think maybe it got so hot. Is that possible for the the bike to get so hot that it can suck the tank in and actually have an tension in the tank? I've never seen that. Because you know the the tanks on those are. Well, the tank on the one that we had out there was you could you could push it in. It was what are they made of? I, you know, that's a good question. I mean, it's we we know what a Harley tank is made of steel. Um, yeah. But I, God, I just always assumed that everybody used a steel tank. You know. I don't know. You could you could actually push this in and out. Um, at Victory was really cool. But, I mean, they were like, wow, we've never seen that happen before. You know, took care of it, whatever. Um, but I would be curious to know if anybody else has run into that. And I'm, I'm wondering if it's just like, I mean, you know how sometimes your gas cap can be hard to take off or something if uh, you're low on fuel and it gets really hot. Um, I just didn't know if it had something to do with that or not. And it made me think about it because it was such a cool-looking tank. And I walked up to it one day and I was like, what happened? <laughs> Like yeah, I've, sit on I've never thing, heard of or... No, it was it was just kind of a little issue that we had. Like I said, Victory was super cool about you know they were like uh, on top of it, made sure everything was right. But uh, be curious to know if anybody's ever run into that. Um, this particular bike has a lot. It has just a, a mixture of different people's uh, parts on it, which I think is cool because they kind of shared the love through. Uh, Cool Metal, PM, uh, Yaffe, TOL, Fat Cats, Ness. There's all kinds of different parts on this bike, but they all flow really, really well together. I think it looks really good. Well, and, you know, you seem to see the the Cool Metal guys have kind of hit a home run with the Victory in Indian market because, uh, you know, it's a different frame and that's the easiest way to go to 26 and 30s is with, uh, like, cool metal with the trees. So, uh, yeah, yeah they, they're doing it. They're killing it right now. Nice guys, very too. Cool. Yeah. I, I don't know them very well at all. Um, Big, Big Joe and Brandon couldn't be nicer guys, and they've always been up in Prescott, which is about an hour and a half, sometimes longer from Phoenix, and now they're in Phoenix right in the heart of it. Very cool. That's that's like where the people go, huh? Everybody ends up in Phoenix. Kind of funny. Um, the next thing that I come to in the book is the, the last baddest bagger coverage, which is Reno, where you also went. Um, did you guys have a good turnout there? Now, this is where you said you had a lot of uh, – 
didn't have any 23s, right? Yeah. It would see, Everything was 26 if you remember, Yeah, if you remember, we had talked about Reno being the first two years we did Baddest Bagger in Reno, we did them at Chester's uh, Reno Harley-Davidson. And uh-huh. we had a great relationship. Amy was our contact there. She was the head of marketing. And they were expanding. Everything was, we're just going to grow this dealership. And, and all of a sudden, I think a lot of the, the Chester's, he's got like six or seven dealerships. He's now starting to sell them. So instead of continuing to expand, they downsized. So we lost our spot. And... They go, you, you will still have you, but you don't have that prime spot out front. You're kind of down by the band and in front of the stage. It's kind of annoying because the band's playing the whole time. And I just said, you know what, I'm not even going to do Reno. And then at the last minute, we get a call saying, you know what, we're not the biggest in the world, but uh, we want we've got plans to grow this. And there's this one street where all the OE dealers are. So you mm-hmm. can either be down in the heart of it on Virginia Street, or you can be over by the Harley dealer and the BMW dealer. And it was an aftermarket shop and just nice guys. And it, it, at the last night, we said, you know what? Let's go, and, and, and the name of the company is Street Rider of Reno. And uh, it's just this cool little eclectic thing with all motorcycle people. And Throttle Girl has her retail store there. And we said, let's give it a try because if they grow, we want to grow with them. So we had a lot of our friends supporting, and it wasn't as big as the year before, but for a first-year outing, it was actually uh, a hell of a show. So we definitely are going to go back there next year and do it. We'll have more time to prepare and, and advertise and market the thing. Very cool. Well, I haven't been to Reno in a few years. I'm hoping maybe I'll get to go next year. Uh, I really like Street Vibrations a lot. Um I actually stay in Sparks, though. You stay in Reno, don't you? Yeah, I usually stay downtown. Um, Sparks is the nicer, cleaner area, but uh, you don't get that that feel. And what's yeah. funny about Reno is, is that event. It seems like it's it either rains the first day, the last day. We had unbelievable sun. It felt like you were in Vegas. It was so hot out there. Wow. Well, that's cool. The pictures in here are awesome. You've got um, what well, you actually that uh, victory that we were just talking about is in here, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys, because what happens is Reno is the guys from Northern California, the guys from Washington, Oregon. Mm-hmm. So it's a different crowd than than the next weekend Vegas because Vegas is uh, Southern California, Arizona, and of course uh, Southern Nevada. Right. So right. this is the only time we, we get to see a lot of those bikes. Well, and, definitely and, looks you like know, they had a good turnout. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, it's, they're great people, and you like helping good people, and you like getting on the ground floor of something that you see a potential to grow. Yeah. And you were going to say something about Jay-Z? Oh, I said that, you know, Jay-Z Horton, you know, normally he comes down and he'll do both, but uh, I just love dealing with those Bay Area guys because those guys grew up as Arlen Ness guys or Ron Sims guys, and we don't see them in great numbers anywhere else except for Reno. Yeah, that's true. It's hard for everybody to get all over the country whenever they still have a shop and stuff to run. Um, 
Well, I'm I'm going through. You definitely have a great buyer's guide, the Christmas version back here. Um, have you noticed that we've kind of started to develop our own Christmas buyer's guide on our Wide Open Radio website? No. You tell. <laughs> well, we've had several people come on the show and offer specials for our listeners. Um, and I have a couple of different people right now who are offering specials kind of through us. And so we did a nice blog write-up for them, and we're just kind of putting them on there. And I, I just wrote something up that said, guys, all you have to do is forward this article straight to your wife, put it in the <laughs> subject line, this is my Christmas wish list, <laughs> And there you go. You don't have to get a tie or uh, a massage package, a couple's massage package or anything for Christmas. You can actually get something that you want to use for your bike. So I'm going to try to keep posting stuff. Maybe I can um, maybe I can go on the digital version and uh, steal some of your buyer's guide and put that up in ours too just to try to drive people over to both different places so they can see what yeah, you have in here. There's uh, some really cool stuff from Clockworks. You've got, of course, the wizard stuff, which I think, I mean, that's like the go-to. You could put together a, a cleaning package, a detail package for a motorcycle, just like a cleaning bucket or detail bucket for somebody for under $100. And what guy wouldn't love to have that? Well, it's, it's a no-brainer because you're always going to use it. And I love it when it comes in its own little carry-all. Uh, yeah. They've been great with a lot of our baddest baggers giving us those to give away to different winners. And we're actually in talks with Wizards about maybe taking a step up and sponsoring something in every single baddest bagger. So, yeah, I'm a big Wizards fan. That would be awesome. It smells so good, too, doesn't it? When I Is first opened my shop, no, that's not weird. <laughs> When I first uh, opened my shop 13 years ago, Wizards was marketing to, to bikes, so I used to get it from my automotive rep that would come in, uh-huh. and everything was, you know, geared towards cars, but uh, their pink, you know, uh, what's the pink spray, and the pink bottle, that's the one that everybody should time. have. Yes, because I'm lazy, and I don't want to spend the the my riding time cleaning so yeah. I like that stuff the best. It's the best. And you know what? We don't even have any in stock right now. Everybody keeps giving me a hard time because they're like, where's the pink bottle? Where's the pink bottle? I'm like, eh. we sell out really quickly when we have that. The mist and shine is awesome. Usually I even keep a backup in my car. The back of my SUV has like a hidden compartment in the floor. I keep all my detail supplies in there uh, for my car. And we ran out here in the shop one day, and I knew I shouldn't have do it, shouldn't have done it. But I was like, mm, I do have a stash in my car. I'll let you guys use it. What do you know? I never got it back. So now I'm out. So I need to call an order. But anyway, I, I like that there's different price points in here. I like that you guys show, you know, some guys, you know, for them to get a hundred dollar Christmas gift is a huge deal and you have plenty of options for that and some guys expect $5,000 Christmas gifts and you have stuff in there for that too so uh, I think it's cool that you kind of spread the love on all the price points I do like 
I'll tell you this. Um, what is this camera that you guys have that looks like an alternative to a GoPro? Called a walk you know, cam? I, I will never understand how GoPro got as big as they did. Because the first generation that I bought where there was nothing on the back and then so there was no screen, we used that uh, on one of our rides across country. And every video that we shot started with Jeff from NAMS tapping to see if it was working. And, you know, then it was, well, you can see it on your phone. and uh, yeah. But you end up, you, you bought the thing for, what, 199 and then you bought all these other accessories. Oh, so yeah. And they became this huge company. So I'm glad to see that there is uh, alternatives out there. Yeah, it's funny. I'm looking at it because it looks just like a GoPro, only it's yellow and black. Um, I, I just have, I have GoPros because I didn't know there were other reputable options out there. So that's cool that you can actually read about this. And I probably, from seeing this, will probably go to their website and check it out. Um, something else I wanted to uh, point out is you guys have the Arlen Nest down and out stretch saddlebags and fender. Um, those have been those were some of the first to come out years ago. I mean, those have been around for quite a while, but um, it, it's it's cool that there's they're still in style. I mean, we've had oh, yeah. people who have taken those off their bikes, Dave, and they sell to another customer before we even get them off that customer's bike. I mean, they're just a popular look. They're just a clean, classic look, and it's really cool to come through here and see that. They're still advertising this uh, this design. It's really cool. Um, so anyway, uh, that is pretty much the current issue of Urban Bagger. I don't know if that will go over well or not. I don't know. I just thought maybe it would be cool to go through and talk about what's in here and, you know. Well, you know, I do whatever you tell me to do, so. Uh... <laughs> If you say it's a good idea, then I say how how high should I jump? Uh, okay, you know you know this is recorded, right? Yeah, yeah. I learned yeah. from Corey. Corey told me just agree with whatever you say. <laughs> Corey also isn't listening to half of what I say ever, so you're probably doing I, I, has he figured out yet that we have a, a radio show, or does he think you just go in the office for for a couple hours every? <laughs> Thursday. No, you know what? He he knows that we have a radio show, and he's very supportive. It's funny because yeah. for a while, you know, I've been doing this for a, a while before before we decided to team up on this, and and I never really put. I don't want to say I, I didn't put a whole lot of effort in because I did put a, a lot of effort, but I never had the vision for it that I do now. I mean. You and I haven't even talked about exactly where I want to go with this over the next year. We've talked about a, a few different moves of advancement, but um, I got big, I got big goals for this. So it's funny because now I, I think he's impressed with what we're doing. Honestly, before I came in here tonight, I said, "Hey, we're about to go on air, so you know, just so you know." And all the guys kind of know. Okay, we got to be quiet now. But uh, he was like, "So who are you having on? What are you guys talking about tonight?" What's, are you having any builders on? Are you having any guests? You know, and he's, like, really into it. And it's so funny, too, Dave, because I'll be in here, you know, just a regular day in the office, and I'll hear him out in the shop on the phone, and he's like, yo, you got to check this out. My girl's got this 
uh, talk radio show with Dave Withrow, and they've got all these cool guests that come on and these big-name builders, and oh, that's cool. He, he like, sees the value in it, so I don't know. It's pretty neat. Well, he he sent me a uh, a thank you, you know, for for the cover deals, and uh, he he said we can wear matching skinny jeans at uh, Cincinnati this year. Which <laughs> stuff was very nice of him. Why does everybody call his pants skinny jeans? Because it's fun. <laughs> They're not skinny though. Because it bothers him. <laughs> if it didn't bother him, we wouldn't do it. But uh, well, you so know, I told him. Uh, I uh-huh. said I wanted one leg purple and one leg red. Ooh. Custom Dickies. Said, All right. Yeah. He said whatever I want. Okay. I have to see what he comes up with there. You're making a deal with the devil, though, if you're asking Corey to dress you. You know what I, you know you know that, what I right? had to do while we were... Yeah, I know. You know what I just had to do while we were talking? What? I had to go I had to go remote start my truck, so uh, it was... <laughs> Be nice and warm when I get in it in about 10 minutes. <laughs> We've got the air conditioning on right now. I really feel sorry for you. I, well, I'm going to feel sorry for you running in 70-degree weather. What do you do? I mean, that's, God, I totally – I keep forgetting I, I have to do that in the morning. I know I just said it at the I, beginning I, of the show, but I really keep forgetting. Oh, well. You know, uh, today, today, Jason – so tomorrow night, Jason and I and some other people you may know – are going to go out to the number 10 saloon in Deadwood after we do the Thanksgiving thing. So he comes in today and he goes, uh, you know, Wednesday's actually a really good night to go out too because everybody's got Thursday off. So mm-hmm. do you think we should go to the bar tonight? So I've got a devil on my shoulder for the next at least two nights. Uh-oh. Is that your cue that you're ready to end the show? Well, no, because first I have to go home and cook dinner for uh, two boys. Oh, that's yeah. sweet. I, I cook dinner three to four nights a week for the boys. Wow. Are you going to cook for us when you come visit? If you want me to. <laughs> but, that's weird. My, hey, will you come visit me and cook in my kitchen? No, no. And then sometimes I it's imagine. simple. I made, I made mac and cheese from scratch the other day, which I'd never done before. Oh, that's the best. Do you use um, whipping cream? No, no, I may have to try oh. that. Yeah, I'll send you my recipe. It's amazing. I did so, uh, chicken parmesan for them the other day, you know, where I bred it and everything, and yeah. that turned out good. My chicken fried steak, everybody said they liked it, but I didn't. I tried homemade chicken fried steak. I didn't know if I liked that one, though. No. What are, you, what are your Thanksgiving chicken. plans? Uh, actually, since uh, Sam is a product of, like, multiple, you know, big extended family and, you know, stepdad here and dad here. And she's like, we're not running everywhere. We're going to have it here. So yeah. we have it at our house. That's cool. That's good. So we usually have Thanksgiving have to- at our house, and I cook a big Thanksgiving dinner, and we have friends from out of town who come down. And then after Thanksgiving dinner, we all get in the old school cars, and we ride over to Daytona for Turkey Rod Run. Um. That's been our, and we stay there for the weekend. We stay there for like three nights. That's been our tradition for four years now, and Corey and I actually made a last-minute decision about a week ago that we don't want to do any of that. (laughs) 
were just like so beat with constantly going. We were like, you know what, let's just not make any plans. And we'll get up Thursday, and if we feel like making ourselves food at home, we'll do that. If we feel like going somewhere, because, of course, our friends have invited us to come over, we'll do that. And if we feel like sitting in bed and watching Netflix and eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, we'll do that. You know, I think that this year I think was rough on all of us. I think the travel schedule just was longer and... And I don't know what it was that really took it out of all of us. And anybody you talk to in the industry is just beat right now. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, I think we're. I think it's at a good point for a lot of us. A lot, of, like we've we mentioned all the time, a lot of us in the industry were all friendly, and a lot of us are genuinely friends. Um, I've seen a lot of growth within our our circle this year, and. I, that makes me so happy. I mean, there's nothing that I like to see more than my friends doing well. And I feel like a lot of the shops that we do business with are really starting to come to life. Um, I know we've I feel like we've reached our max here at the shop. I mean, we just have a ton of support between our customers and our vendors. And, and, and then, you know, Everybody, everybody in the industry that we're close with just seems to be doing really well. And yeah, it definitely takes a toll on you. And the more you grow, the more work you put in, the more tired you are, and the more you want to watch Netflix on Thanksgiving. I guess. Well, let me know how. What's the new show on Netflix? <laughs> you know what? Ritter. I'm embarrassed to admit this, but we are rewatching the entire series of Dexter. Not my choice. I. So we're not big TV watchers at all. The only time that the TV's on, we don't even have cable. We only have Internet at our house, and we watch Apple TV. So we watch Netflix or Hulu or whatever. Corey turns the TV on when we get in bed. So the TV's on for about an hour every night. So most of the time he just watches whatever he wants to watch, and I join in, I guess. But um, I started watching Netflix on my phone while I'm on the treadmill, so I went through Orange is the New Black, loved it, and whenever it comes back into my mind, I really miss it. So I don't even know when the next season's supposed to start, but I'm excited about that. So I watched that. I watched um, Orange is the New Black. Uh, what was the next one that – what's another really big Netflix show? Uh, Kevin Spacey, House of Cards. No, everybody keeps telling me I need to watch that too, but I haven't. St- Is it good? I need to watch it. I've never watched it, but they do have Longmire, uh, the final season, which watch Longmire. It's okay. set in Wyoming. He's a sheriff. It's very well done. Okay, um, I heard Narcos is good. Oh, Scandal. That's what I. That's what I'm caught up on now. That's been my treadmill show for the last few months, and. I hear that we're at a standstill until like February now, which is a concerning issue for me. But um, so yeah, we're rewatching Dexter. We so were what, obsessed what with I Dexter get, when it first came out. So if if I didn't know you and I just heard that you you like shows about lesbians in prison and shows about vindictive women and shows yeah. about serial killers, but good serial killers, not bad. You should be killers. very afraid of me. You know what I am. <laughs> borderline obsessed with serial killers. They have the most 
addictive stories. I, I can't. I love any movie about ser- serial killers. Specifically, if we're going to talk about it, there's a documentary on a serial killer called The Iceman. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. Look that up. Yeah. He goes into detail, Dave, about how before he would cut a body up, he is this what our show has come to, seriously? I think it has. Okay. So before he would cut a body up, he, he had a certain kind of cologne, like maybe Dracar or something, that he would put all over his hands and then rub on his mustache so that all he could smell was the cologne and he couldn't smell the body that he was cutting up. I love stuff like it, that. It would, it would be a better story if you said it was like Stetson or uh, <laughs> what's some of the other, you know, what, what's the, what's the stuff you used to give your dad for Father's Day, Brute? I thought it was you your know, car. Like, no? I, I'm thinking of the cheap stuff they used to get at uh, the equivalent <laughs> of the Walgreens back, you know, you get your dad this just $2 aftershave that uh, you think he'd like and he probably never used I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm completely sure. drawn a blank. I just always think of Dracar. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe anyway. you have first boyfriend. Maybe your boyfriend when you were 15 and he was like 19 and uh, he wore Dracar. Maybe. I don't know. No, I think my dad just always wore Dracar. My dad's not a serial killer, though. Um. Okay. Well, anyway... I'm going to stop that topic now. Um, I did want to mention, since we've talked about the current issue of Urban Bagger, everybody needs to go pick that up. It will be for sale for almost another month, it looks like. Um, And then we'll be getting the January issue, what do you think, probably in like three weeks, right before Christmas. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. Um, So – uh, I want to also tell everybody to make sure you check out our website. Um, like I said, I've been trying to make some updates on that. Um, on the homepage, I've included some photos of some of the bikes from builders that we've had on the show. And I included a section for Urban Bagger and American Bagger uh, down at the bottom. So there's now a, a clickable link with a a picture of the cover of each of the magazines, and you can click through to go to the Urban Bagger and American Bagger websites. So if you guys need a quick reference, if you've not subscribed to the magazines, you can go right to the Wide Open Radio website, or you can go right to urbanbagger.com, americanbagger.com. While you're on the Wide Open Radio Radio show.com, again, our blog section, I think I'm going to move that over to the left a little bit. there's some really cool uh, blog articles that we've put up there. Some of the things are about uh, the episodes that have been on. Usually every week now I'll post a blog entry with a link to the show so people can listen to it from there. Uh, we've got the Speed by Design sale on there. We've got the uh, Be Cool Fender sale on there and some other cool things too. So, um, yeah, check that out. And I'm going to do a wide-open radio show first annual Thanksgiving Day Marathon tomorrow, Dave. Wow. So I'll be posting links to uh, all of our archive shows throughout the day tomorrow. So get ready for some wide-open radio spam. I may have to go back and listen to the uh, Doug Magoon one. I knew you were going to say that. I told him earlier, too, I said, you know what, I may have to replay your episode tomorrow. 
So we'll see how many people listen to that. That was a really good episode. And I bet a lot of people want to listen to that uh, John Shope episode, Lynn Edmondson, Paul Yaffe. Paul Yaffe. Yeah, good yeah, Yaffe's yeah. Good. yeah. So anyway, that'll be yeah, going on tomorrow. Go ahead. Don't forget the TOL one with the echoing. That is our still our most listened to show. Those guys That's killed crazy. it. <laughs> yeah. The performance. So, the performance yeah, was really good. Ones. Curtis Hoffman, Corey, um, Ground Zero, Curly's. We've had some really, really good ones. So anyway, uh, we'll have a lot more uh, to come in episodes, and we're going to try to keep making them better and better. So thanks for tuning in tonight. We'll post updates on next week's episode. We'll be back to Thursday on next week. And uh, tomorrow we'll do our first annual Thanksgiving Day Wide Open Radio Marathon. So you guys have a good Thanksgiving tomorrow, Dave. Uh, This was, I think we just beat Doug Magoon's time limit for his episode, actually, just the two of us, yeah. So anyway, thanks for uh, another great episode. What else do you have? I was going to say good luck in your race tomorrow. Thank you. You know what? It's uphill two ways. I'm going over the Ringling Bridge. Does that add any value to the fact that I'm just doing a 5K? I'm impressed. <laughs> and I think I think it's great that uh, Corey's going to be on the ruckus next to you and encouraging you. So. <laughs> Eating donuts and drinking Dunkin' Donut coffee. Yeah. Being supportive <laughs> as only he can. <laughs> oh, God. All right. That probably would be the only way he would join me, but the thought that counts all right well um you guys have a good thanksgiving thanks for listening we'll be back next week uh be sure to stay uh tuned in to our social media we'll post updates see you later guys see ya